This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How's everyone doing today? Today, we want to talk about the unconscious bias. And this is especially important for us content creators as we are working on content for our different audiences. Sometimes, you know, we're writing about stuff, we're creating stuff, and we are not in the target audience. So we have to keep all those different things in mind. And how do we do that? That is the question, the million-dollar question we're going to try to answer in today's episode. And today's guest is Latanya Pegues. She is the unconscious bias trainer. Ran across her, listened to, I believe, Jody Krangel's audio podcast. Take a listen to that if you like. Jody, of course, has been on this show previously to talk about audio branding and voiceover work and those kind of things. But take a listen to that podcast. And also, Latanya has her own podcast. Really short sound bites, three minutes or so, tips and tricks. So make sure uh, you take a listen to that one as well moves through it pretty quickly so let's get latanya on the show here figure out what is the unconscious bias what do we have to think about and how do we uh, keep that in mind to create better content in our business storytelling latanya welcome to the show hi (laughs) if i could remember to put the background on here we would be golden but my producer is still on vacation has been since episode number one it's well, that's all the me beauty of going live right that's the fun part you just never that's know what's the, that's <laughs> the fun part to call out when i forget to do another thing uh latanya tell us the unconscious bias so first of all what is that and how does it play in when it comes to especially content strategy and, and working with different audiences well, it's so interesting um, that you asked that question now because there's so much happening in the world right now. You know, there's we're still in a pandemic and there's all these questions about, you know, what is real, what is not, you know, the great resignation, people getting an opportunity to really just kind of do a lot of soul searching. So one thing I want to say, Christoph, off the top is that all bias is not negative. Now, I know bias gets a bad rap a lot of times, you know, but I'm wearing purple with some aqua today. You know, is that a bad thing? Not necessarily, but it's just a choice that, you know, that I've made. And so when we're talking about content, um, this is I'm so excited to be with you today because there's so much that I hope we can pack into our time together. But just basically um, a really tiny way of saying unconscious bias is just blind spots. So, you know, your audience may ask, hmm, do I have blind spots? Yep. Does Latanya have blind spots? Yep. So what causes these blind spots, Christoph, is wrong information. Sometimes, you know, people are just saying things are just wrong. You know, so if you say my last name is Trap and your last name is Pegues, that's not correct. Okay. So in some instances, also not all the information is shared. You know, sometimes when we were kids and we know we're going to get in trouble, we don't tell our parents everything because if we do that, then we could get in trouble too. So that happens throughout our adult life, too. Some of these learned behaviors. And then also there are times that we have limited perspective on an issue. I understand you have international experience and so do I. 
But if some people are trying to tell us about things who've never left their own street or neighborhood about something that's happened in international markets where we've actually had our feet, you know, placed, mm, they're going to have limited perspective on an issue. And here's a good old school one is just not hearing all sides of the story. Some people say there are two sides to every story and some say there's even three. You know, your side, my side, and then what really happened, okay? And then I got just a couple more for you here. Someone that we admire is done wrong. You know, like your celebrity crush or somebody that you really admire, maybe a mentor or a coach or someone that just always has been there for you. You know, sometimes that person's bias can become ours. And once again, we don't know all the things that have necessarily happened. And then here's one that I definitely want you to hear is some people just don't want to know the truth. They just don't care. And some people use the fancy word of apathetic. They just don't care. <laughs> so many things to unpack there. I mean, first of all, the, the one thing when you talk about the different sites, ever talk to a police officer after a car crash and there is 15 witnesses that everybody has their own story or or see. See, I think this is and this hurts me a little bit as a storyteller to, to change the, the verbiage. But it, there, it's, there's not one story. There's different perspectives on the same thing, right? So like I can, um, so I think this is what happens actually when a journalist covers an event and let's say there is 20,000 people at the event or whatever, and the, the journalist writes the one story from their perspective or whatever they saw, and it doesn't necessarily align with everybody else because- you know, they may have been somewhere else. The one person was over here and there was a fight or whatever, right? And the one person was over here and people were trying to scam you out of Uber rides or whatever it might be. Um, so, so I think that's really interesting when we think about that. But how do we, especially in corporate business storytelling, how do we identify our blind spots? That's one question. And then maybe after that, how do we move forward? Because I think sometimes what happens is when you have a blind spot, let's say you create content and somebody says, that's not how the industry does it. And sure, you know, I mean, people are learning as they go. How do you move through that in a collaborative environment? And, and totally, you know, I've seen teams where when people have to make an edit, they have to make everybody feel bad. And I think that's just a horrible setup. I can see the same thing happening here, right? You hold people, uh, make them feel bad just because they had a blind spot and you don't want to be collaborative. So how do we how do we do those two things? Well, you want to talk about a lot to unpack. You gave me a lot to unpack there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yeah. just to, to answer your first question, you know, how do you know when your bias is showing? Well, sometimes everything in your life is the same. You know, all the people that you've grown up is the same. The people you work with is the same. Um, wherever you get your news sources the same, you know, it's same, 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 same. So that is a definite way of knowing when your bias is showing because you're like, wait a minute, I'm just in this lane and there's all these other lanes around me that I haven't even tried to explore. Um, sometimes it's even like um, different types of friends and people who are from different circles. Now we're talking about news a little bit. And Christoph, I will gladly admit, I listen to every single type of news that I can. Every single one, uh, far right, far left, in the middle, all that, because I want to hear all these different perspectives. Because there was a time when I realized my bias was showing because I was just getting news from a certain perspective. And, you know, if you think about it, in a 27-minute um, news program or whatever it is, it is impossible to cover everything happening in the world. You know, say, for example, um, in Texas, there are 254 counties 
So even in 27 minutes, we cannot even talk about each one of those counties. So it's so important from my perspective to just find out what's going on from different sources. And so another way that you can um, know when your bias is showing is that you can't really relate to people who are like outside of your, your community, so to speak. You know, it's like, okay, you don't have to agree, but there are some little points maybe that you could agree with or even try to agree with. And then say, for example, um, here in the U.S., we're going we're just experiencing and um, celebrating the second year of Juneteenth as a federal holiday. But yet and still, some people in America are afraid of black people. They don't want to talk about black issues. They don't want to say and you want to talk about content. You know, some people were saying I was reading um, through, you know, some of the things that we we're doing to celebrate Juneteenth as far as uh, across industry. And I was surprised at how many people um, when their content was saying celebrate freedom for all celebrate all. And I'm like, no, Africans were kidnapped and brought to this country and they were working for free, you know, horrible conditions, family separation, couldn't speak their language, had no wealth, were, you know, just all these things. So it's like, no, it wasn't all. And it wasn't people of color. It was black people. You know, so there are times when that's a way of knowing that your bias is showing when people want to just kind of like, well, you know, this is my special interest over here. And okay, well, I got to talk about this Juneteenth thing. So let me combine that with my special interest. You know, so it's sometimes it's hard to talk about these things and they are uncomfortable. But just think if you had a family and somebody took them away from you, and you never saw them again. That's not a good feeling. And if you as hard as we've worked in our lives to never get paid for that. That's not good either. So sometimes, you know, and this is a wonderful thing to talk about bias and these blind spots, because this is the heart of a lot of it. It's very uncomfortable. Truth is not always a comfortable thing. And it's always something that kind of can make you go like that. But I know in my case, when I've looked back on areas where people have told me that I had blind spots, of course, I was in denial at first. I'm like, are you kidding me? No way. But then after I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, it was me. So collaboratively speaking, to answer your question about that, how do we get through it collaboratively? You know, a lot of it has to do with just being free from denial. You know, some of these editors and people who are in the newsroom who are making decisions, they're being influenced by certain people and certain bottom lines and different perspectives that they have. And sometimes they're just so narrowly focused, Christoph, in what they're doing that they're in a bubble. So they get in this bias bubble and then they kind of get out of step and out of touch with what's happening really in reality. So this denial word is such a big deal, even when we're talking about bias and blind spots. But yet and still, if people are willing, you know, this is my the, a phrase that I've coined, it takes courage to undo bias. So if you can find some courageousness in you and your body and your brain, etc., that's really the first step. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so Juneteenth is kind of an interesting example here because I think most everybody, if they really truly think about it, there was slavery in the United States. At some point, it ended, right? Like there, that had to have happened. Some at some point, like there is a time frame, but I don't think a lot of people thought about it. And I think what's interesting is I saw a clip, and it was June. It was you know the holiday, and somebody didn't show up to court or something like that. And the judge goes. What's Juneteenth? Well, if it's something I should know about, then I guess you would have told me. And what's interesting about that, and I was in court um, earlier this year in Atlanta, and the judge is pretty much like, boom, 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 right? This is my way or the highway. But I think what's interesting about that example is she kind of stepped in a little bit of a you know issue there, right? Because that's very different than just people not following your court rules. 
And uh, I, I think you tell me how you feel about this, but I think sometimes to, to put your bias, to understand your bias, you have to have a certain level of humility. And I'm the first to admit until two years ago, I did not think about Juneteenth. Like I barely knew about it, you know, and I've had other people say to me, I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, and it really wasn't a thing until a two, until two years ago. Right. The, 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 the holiday. Well, no, that's that's not true. Because a lot of, uh, say, for example, I live in Texas and I was a part of yeah. a, um, a family celebration <laughs> who's been celebrating it literally 150 years every year. So it has been a thing for certain people. But, you know, in our school systems and the books that we read, let's face it, yeah. we don't talk a lot about anything that's positive for black people, except maybe entertainers, sports and slavery. So even if you've gone to the best schools, you spent a billion dollars going to the best schools in the world. But that doesn't mean that the content the programming, the curriculum is unbiased because in some instances yeah. they don't want us to know about other cultures and other experiences, good or bad. So, um, so how do we, I mean, first of all, do you agree with that? You have to have a certain level of humility, right? You have to say, okay, what's Juneteenth? Like, so if that judge would have said, what's today? Juneteenth. Okay. What's Juneteenth? Would you would your eyebrows have raised as much as they did based on what she did? I mean, would you have you know, would that have caused a concern or um, or not? Well, that would cause concern for certain people who do know what it is, you know, to the level of, of being offended and to a level of, you know, well, okay, how about finding out what that is before you start saying, you know, just. Yeah, you know, and so absolutely, you know, having that that ability to be courageous and to listen to different perspectives. You know, I'm a scientist. I'm, I'm a physicist. I'm a low temperature physicist. I'm yeah. a satellite engineer. I've worked on spacecraft prior to them being launched, as well as being on the team that made sure they got from Earth to their proper orbit in space and so much more. But yet and still, there's a ton of people who are better at that than I am. You know, I've and- come to the realization that's an easy thing. <laughs> hey, I'm a yeah. lifelong learner. Help me learn. You know, so some people think that science engineers, doctors, physicians, that we know everything. We don't, you know, and the same thing for people in the law. So, yes, it takes courage to realize that. And it also takes courage to say, hey, help me learn more about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and of course, it also takes courage for the other side to 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 be willing to help. And, you know, I think the one point you made, I mean, sometimes the, the judge might be a little bit of an extreme example because she's not going to get off the bench and mm-hmm. Google what it is. Right. But if you're in a meeting and you're like, what is this? Just Google it, right? Instead of just, I mean, there's plenty of things you can just Google uh, Juneteenth or whatever the topic might be. Now, how do I figure out what my blind spots are or what my unconscious bias is? How do I even get there? And I think sometimes um, I catch it, but it's but it's more by mistake almost. It's like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like you catch it, but how do you how do you formally work on the process or, or whatever it might be to figure that out? Well, you know, that's a very interesting question because another phrase I use is no experience can lead to bias. So if you haven't even experienced something, then you may not even realize that it's a thing. Okay. You know, so when you're talking about, and this is, it can be really difficult, Christoph, to have these conversations with yourself because a lot of times we're dealing with things that have happened in the past like our grandparents or people that we just absolutely adore. Remember I talked about someone that you love or admire, you know, back in those times, 
some of these things are generational. And now there's this uh, conversation that's kind of going viral about generational trauma. So that trauma can come in all kinds of forms, not just in the form of, you know, um, wounds, but also as far as emotional scarring, et cetera. So when we're talking about how do we identify our own bias, honestly, sometimes you can just look at your kids and see how you're raising them and say, oh, my God, they're a reflection of me. Even some of your family members or if you're an executive uh, level and you because you know, I don't know if you heard this term that, you know, based on how the, the, the people at the top of the org chart are, it is it a reflection of what happens, you know, towards the bottom? So that can also be a way if you if, if some of your executives and leaders who are watching this and, and listening today, you know, they're like, hmm, whoa, whoa, we're getting a lot of the complaints in HR about X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Well, gee, I wonder if that's a reflection on me. That's a hard thing to say. A lot of people aren't ready for that, you know, but these are the kinds of things that we can look at. Those of us who are in leadership, those of us who are giving direction to other people, even board of trustees, board of directors, sometimes their bias is very prevalent and things that should happen are not happening. For example, we've heard a lot after George Floyd's uh, murder, a lot of people who have been saying things and speaking out for a very long time about discrimination in the workplace, horrible things that their coworkers have said, they just simply weren't believed. And even with the women's movement, the violence against women and the Me Too movement, et cetera, a lot of women were saying for years and years and years, we are not being treated fairly. But again, the blind spot was so great that it was that was ignored. And then society also was ignoring it. It wasn't seen as valuable. But then, you know, thank God, over time, these stories would be able to be heard and taken seriously and for action to be made. So even as we're creating content, this is something else that you may have noticed. I don't know. But even in the graphics and the imagery, you know, I think that people are trying to maybe be a little bit more inclusive and they have a lot of mixed race couples who are involved now. So, okay, well, that's okay. But you're also, they're also missing the fact that the black family is also a unit and we are not seeing that hardly at all. You know, so I've noticed that there's more, you know, inclusion in that regard, but still some might find that offensive. It's like, what, all these black families who are in this market and you're still ignoring us as a family unit, that's a problem. But it could be a blind spot because for them, they may have never had any African-Americans in mind for any of the content they're creating. So they may have thought that they are doing right. You know, so I know I'm using a lot of African-American, you know, type of uh, content that I'm talking about today because we're coming from Juneteenth. And I think so many people are really just trying to, like you had mentioned a moment ago, Christophe, understand what it is, but then also just kind of figure out why is it relevant? Because again, the content, the history, the programming in the United States, as far as it goes with history, has not really been told from um, the people who built this country for free, frankly, you know, for so many years. So there's a lot of learning to do, a lot of makeup classes to take, and a lot of homework to do, too. And, you, you know, really quickly, one of the, uh, since you mentioned um, Black Americans, African American um, um, content, uh, Michelle Nagomi, when she was on the show, we talked about how do you hire m- more diverse um, workforce? And she says, well, you have to go where the different um, people are, right? So, for example, um, if one group of people doesn't hang out on this network or on this platform, you know, don't just advertise there. Uh, reach them in other places. So uh, I would highly recommend to listen to that show. Good ideas there. And especially, you know, um, I guess I didn't even ask. You're in Austin, Texas. I'm in Marion, Iowa. Um, Iowa is like 95% uh, white. So people will say, well, there's no diversity here. And Michelle would say, well, 
whatever, why, why does somebody have to live in Iowa to work for your company? I mean, it depends what it is, right? But why can't they be remote? We do have Lauren Brown here uh, saying real talk and walk, Latanya. So if you have any comments, uh, make sure, feel free to put them in there. We'll throw them up on the screen. Um, and certainly they'll be in the podcast episode as Chris, well. Now, if I can just jump in a little bit. I'm originally from Colorado Please. Springs, Colorado. That's where I was wa- raised. So I can relate to, you know, not having as much diversity in an area. But yet and still, you know, this is a great opportunity. You know, we, uh, you and I are in different states as, as we're speaking. But yet and still, we're having a conversation. So I think this is a fantastic way for people to kind of like start putting little holes in their, their bubbles of bias and finding out ways. It's like, you know what? Maybe I can try something different. I know all my life I've just, you know, lived in Iowa, but maybe I'll go, you know, have a vacation in a place where there are more people who have different backgrounds, et cetera. You know, so so it, it is a courageous kind of thing because it's going to cause what? A change in behavior potentially. And it also may even change just a way that you even experience the world. Well, it's... Uh... It's so much easier today to connect, right? You don't even have to go anywhere else, honestly. You can just talk to people. And I think you have to have an open mind about the different things. And, and you know, just keep that in mind, quite frankly. Now, you earlier talked about, uh, so which is interesting, you talked about the far left media, the far right media, and, you know, the center of the line or whatever. And it's kind of, as a former journalist, it hurts me a little bit to even have you, I, I know where you're going, and I'm, I don't disagree with that verbiage. but media should be unbiased. And when I was a reporter, you know, I say I'm unbiased. Of course, in reality, even when I'm trying to be unbiased, I do have, un, you know, unconscious biases, right, that are, um, that are a part of me. So how, how do reporters and how do content creators um, put that aside? And, and, and is it even possible for media to be truly unbiased? biased like i mean in in for real not just saying it but in in practice well it's a process and a wonderful way to even start the process is to diversify the room you know every study that we've seen says diversity is the best thing since sliced bread it works it works it works but yet and still but yet when it's time to actually put that in practice some people think diversity just means more white people in the room from different backgrounds it's like no that's that is a that is a kind of diversity but if we look back into the 1960s with the civil rights marches and you know frankly kind of like more of what i was saying you know as far as the horrible treatment that african-american and i'm african-american in case anybody's wondering that my people have experienced in this nation you know there's a certain perspective that we bring of diversity having to literally make it with nothing being overeducated, overqualified for jobs, but yet and still we're underpaid as an as, as a people. And I think it was the Washington Post actually posted some studies that showed that whites with high school graduate high school dropouts, excuse me, they did not complete high school, have more wealth than African Americans who have completed college and have professional degrees. So you may wonder, well, how can that be? They just have to work harder. No. It's not about working hard. Black people are not lazy. We work very hard. But the systems of inequity that have been put in place are are doing what exactly they were designed to do. And so, you know, as an unconscious bias trainer, I've had to learn so much myself about unconscious bias and laws and policies and procedures and ordinances and things that literally say, for example, in housing, you cannot have this house sold to a black person, period. And if you do, we're going to come after you and your wealth. 
you know, so other groups want to say, you know, well, we're our struggle is just like that of African Americans. It is not. You know, so many laws are still in place that keep people who look like me from having opportunities. And you just heard I work on things that are literally orbiting the earth. So I think I'm bringing a lot of value to the, to the table. OK, <laughs> but yet and still these systems are in place and it's these huge blind spots. So getting back to, you know, what we're talking about with the media, same thing. You know, the editors, you know, they're in the room, they're doing their thing. But for whatever reason, they're just not getting those three quotes that they're supposed to get from different people and they sometimes they get lazy and they just keep going to the same source same source and then speaking of Juneteenth you know there's I was looking at some of the footage and I'm just like really you're just going to interview the same two people for a 45 second story you're being lazy go out there and get somebody from different perspectives different walks of life and do your job stop being so lazy (laughs) and it's easy easy enough nowadays now I know we talked a lot about race and and it is, um, you know, it takes a certain level of, of um, uh, not humility, but self-understanding, too. So I'll give you an example. There was a, a, a racial case with the New York Yankees and David Cohn, who is, of course, a white pitcher from back in the day. He says, you know, I don't know why anybody's even asking me about this. If this black player says this is how I feel about it, this is what it is how can I question that at all? <laughs> you know, and I really, I re- and he talked about that for a little while and I really appreciated that. But in the last um, minute here or so, tell me, is it, is um, unconscious bias? It's not just about race, right? There's other things to consider Absolutely. as well. Give us a couple examples of that. Absolutely. It's even, um, say for example, um, hiring practices, you know, we'll still talk about that a little bit more. Uh, What kind of stories are even being considered? You know, is it the same type of thing we talked about, you know, the homogeneity of, you know, what we do sometimes is the same, same, same. Or are you willing to even go into a different um, group or organization, you know, that you may not feel comfortable in? You know, bias comes in all kinds of forms, you know, including where we decide to send our children to go to school. You know, where do we want to live? You know, where do we want to go on vacation? You know, what type of stories are we writing? And if you look at your editorial calendar, those of you who are in um, the media, it's a great opportunity to go in and just do something different. You know, just totally just turn upside on its head and look for the growth markets. We talk about growth markets in um, sales and accounting and things like that. Well, look for the growth markets. Where would you like to have potentially more money that's made. Let's talk about economics because sometimes that's really what moves everything around, moves the needle. Where are the growth markets and start to diversify what you're doing to meet folks in those areas. Fantastic. And of course, Latanya Pigis, tell us how do people connect with you really quickly? Sure. I am on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest at the UB trainer and U and B stand for unconscious bias. So I uh, would love for you to check out uh, www.theubtrainer.com to see blogs, uh, training video clips, testimonials, etc. And the podcast, of course. Check that out. As you said, 27 minutes goes by in no time. Really appreciate you sharing your insights today with us. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.